Welcome to Masculinity Now with Arabella Tornau. Welcome to Masculinity Now with Arabella Tornau and today's guest, Matthew Hall. Matthew and me, we are friends since around now three years. And I can remember the time where we connected on Instagram. It was during COVID and we connected because your beliefs were very much my beliefs. And it was a time where it was super essential to connect with yeah, people who were just on the same page, like-minded and shared the same beliefs. And you and your wife um, were basically, yeah, also like very big stepping stone on my journey to to move to Bali and to escape basically the fear environment in Germany. And now three years later, we are neighbors <laughs> and, and live together. Matt, you are an ent entrepreneur, you are a musician, and you are an author. You are so much more, I know that, and that is also what today's topic is all about especially also your journey because your book you you wrote a book about anxiety and it says anxiety out in the open a spiritual approach to our physical and mental well-being and there's so much to explore and i'm so excited to invite you or to have you on today's show thank you for having me um yeah it's it's a it's a crazy synchronicity to think that um that something like a platform like Instagram um, brought us together, but it, it has, and it's been a beautiful journey so far. And, and, uh, uh, and yeah, as we were talking about Bali before, Bali is definitely the heart center of the, of the earth and it attracts people and a lot of people don't know why they're here. Or um, I think Bali, if you're, if you're here to search for things externally, uh, they are here. And if you are, here to connect internally they are also here yeah we were just talking about it uh, before we pressed the record button how interesting it is because we will continue about talking about anxiety what it means and how you also um, what what lessons you learned in regards to your own personal journey but also what how important it is also to have the right environment and that energy fields, ley lines or specific specific environments can really help us to shift our own consciousness and help us to to heal and to know our inner world even better. And sometimes we know it consciously, it's a conscious choice to go to Bali, for example, or subconsciously we are drawn to this beautiful island because like you said, it's it's the heart center. Yes, yeah. And I I think compared if you if you do put Bali against uh, the West, the Western world, I feel there's a lot of things are in your face here. I mean, um, where people get their food from. I mean, there's there's no hiding that. Uh, people's creativity is out in the open. There's ceremonies every day. So people are creating things for the ceremonies. Um, they're producing food in front of us. So, not, yeah. There's not a lot that's that's tucked away. Everything's sort of in your face all the time. So it almost provides this state of presence because you're being you're you're being kind of shocked 
by some things and then other things you're seeing the beauty within them. So I think, uh, I think that provides, Bali provides some sort some sense of, um, present moment, um, stability within us all. You, since, since when are you living actually with your, with your partner and with your wife in, in Bali? What made you move to Bali actually? I think uh, I always I always resonated with Bali, and as as we spoke before, I suffered from anxiety when I was in my early forties, and uh, I just knew that Bali when I when I arrived in Bali, there was a sense of calmness. So after moving here, I kind of dug a little bit more, and then just found that I just needed to be present with my emotions and work through my emotions while knowing that they were temporary. And then I had to work out why, um, when I spent time in Australia, where my was anxiety so bad. And then why, when I came to Bali, did it, did it not exist? So yeah, I kind of used Bali and, and Western society worked worked with them together to work out why, what I had to, what I had to do to cure myself without, pharmaceutical intervention or going down that path which i which i never sought i always knew i just had an inkling or intuition that i needed to understand my anxiety uh even though at times it was debilitating but i knew that the answers were all inside i just i just had i just intuitively knew that they were inside of me so um yeah i used the the different modalities of of um i guess of we would see them as healing modalities and mm. you would and you would see them as as spiritual aspects of uh of healing um and yeah i just tapped into them and understand learned more about them and under and while i was understanding and learning about these different uh healing modalities i was understanding myself at the same time and as i built this new sense of self and new sense new faith i disengaged or disenfranchised myself with the uh the exterior borrowed belief system that i was functioning on through the west and through the western society and through the material existence or the illusion uh of separation whatever you want to call it and i just tapped deeper into myself and as i did and as i was doing these different practices it allowed the anxiety to get less and less until uh it just disappeared totally and i haven't even come close to feeling anxious for probably four or five years now that is amazing and i really actually want to touch base of the whole process and you finding out that you actually like experience anxiety and also what it taught you but overall also because we were talking about it i think two days ago where we were talking about okay um what is the reason why we why our body and our soul actually developing anxiety what is the reason that we always constantly have the mentality we need to find something in the external that actually helps us or makes us feel better or we need it in order to uh, find lasting happiness or fulfillment or our purpose or whatsoever in life. So I'm I'm wondering if there is a bridge in, in regards to the anxiety and the depression that you felt in your environment back in Australia and in your upbringing, in your belief systems, in your family. 
and all those surroundings, all the programmings basically um, that we are we are taught or learn here to yeah here to adapt on Earth and how you also felt after you dive deeper into the journey of releasing and understanding what it truly means to have or experience anxiety. Yeah, I think uh, as I was speaking to you before about it, I it struck me down. I It was all of a sudden I was sitting there um, looking out of my window and, yeah, just this sense of doom and gloom and helplessness um, and and then those bodily things, this bodily sensations of um, tight chest and kind of a tensed up throat. Um, I think it was my my right arm was tingling and I had shooting pains going through my body, which was which is alarming. And and at first I didn't know what it was, and then um, I had a cold shower and the the feelings went. And then probably an hour later, I spoke to a friend. We went out for lunch and she informed me that I had most likely had anxiety. So that was the realization. It, it, it came swift and quickly to my, into my reality. And then it was, it was something I just, over the, the next couple of years, it was something that I just thought was just part and parcel of life. And then, yeah, coming to Bali and, and doing different things and tapping into to becoming more present and doing the different practices of yoga and yin yoga meditation uh, and and d- discovering things deeper within me. I, I seem to let go of the expectations placed on me by Western society um, that, that we're all ingrained with. I think uh, education um, prompts us to, to strive in life instead of just being in life and that's 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 where i got to i i just um i i I gave all that external noise away and expectation and i started to really tap into myself i started to write i started to uh, make music i started to cook a lot more at home Uh, i just tried to to give more through the heart space and 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 show myself in that form of giving and playing music and i found that that was the that was the secret to uh to to the start of of developing um a strength against anxiety and depression and i think that's what it is i think when we give all our powers away externally and we start tapping in whether we're watching the news every night whether we're being overly educated by the system we're just giving all of our all of this true knowledge that we have within ourselves away, and that's all it is. I think is is just shedding the external um, operational systems and tapping into the inner operational systems and and enhancing those. Are or when we're experiencing having anxiety and the tightness of our chest and the panic attacks and and the feeling of being really helpless in our thoughts. What do you feel before we actually like can tap into our own internal creativity and into our heart space? How can we actually like, how are we able to tap into the heart space when we before that never ever had to do with these types of tools? Like how did you discover to do to actually create 
or how did you discover to tap into your heart space? What helped you? Music was a really big, was a really big, uh, was a really big thing for me to be able to do music and produce music and then have something that had come through my emotional state, whether I was mm -hmm. feeling sad or happy, my music would, would um, express that. But really, I, I think as I, as I commenced the journey and understood myself a little bit more that I had to be more creative and that I had to not, not over simplify these things i just wanted to keep them really simple like cooking a basic meal and sharing it with friends and just putting my heart into the things that into the creativity whether it was cooking or whether it was music and then i think a really significant part of my journey and i don't want to really promote it to everyone but i sat in ayahuasca and that was that was a yeah definitely a significant something cracked me in that like nothing's even come close to open opening me up like like what ayahuasca did and um i'm not saying that you have to do plant medicine but uh if you want to advance and if you do struggle from anxiety that that's that's a really good modality to or ancient technique or ancient medicine to um to use if you need to advance quickly but at the same time it's not something that you can rely on it's there's a massive integration process for doing something like ayahuasca or, or any of the other um any of the other kind of neurological altering uh mm. like mushrooms and things like that but i think ayahuasca if you do want to do it do it with a within a safe space and with a good facilitator with a good reputation and um and knowing that once you've done it you're you're never the same because you've you've seen You've seen into the other side. You've seen what's inside your heart, and and that's where we should be expressing from. And I think ayahuasca delivers that beautifully. Is, is she she wants us to have this understanding of self love and and be in our heart space and channel all of life from there, compassionately to ourselves and compassionately compassionately externally. You also wrote in your book like about the ways that helped you in order to release anxiety in order to feel anxiety that you are able to release it and there's like one one chapter about ayahuasca there's another chapter about like other modalities um for example plant-based um nutrition or uh, vitamin b12 or like meditation breath work yin yoga like there are like different types of modalities that you can use in order to really fully tap into your creative creativity and into your heart space i just wanted to also promote this here a little bit um because yeah i totally full 100 agree that ayahuasca has like a very powerful way of opening yourself up to different types of feelings and emotions and That's the reason why it needs to be 100% facilitated in a safe environment and with someone who knows what he does or she does. And the after, like really being also in the after state, an integration state is so important. And nowadays, and you wrote it as well in your book about spiritual bypassing, that it is really important to not to know that 
you have no goal to be. You, there is nothing in this entire universe where you need to head to in the matter of like years or whatsoever. You personally unfolding is happening in your own divine timing. And if ayahuasca or other modalities will be a part of your journey, then that is amazing. But it's I just wanted to just say, you know, because I know a lot of um, people out there who experience ayahuasca and it's a lot in order to understand what your soul is actually like seeing or feeling when your system is not used to that amount of of energy yeah yeah and i think uh yeah you're totally right everything has to be uh it, it's got to be approached gently and we're not doing these things to place them on the identity we're not doing ayahuasca so we can say to our friends and family that we're doing ayahuasca we're doing ayahuasca to to go inside and i mean we're talking about it on a podcast but i feel it's such a powerful tool that it's almost shouldn't be spoken about because it's so mm -hmm. deeply personal to us all mm -hmm. uh i know when i the place that i did it at back in australia uh the the facilitators and the shamans weren't wouldn't let you leave the property until 12 p.m the next day so you would sleep through it uh and then wake up the next morning and share your experience and then you would leave the property at 12 p.m but even leaving nearly i guess 14 hours after even or maybe yeah maybe about 14 hours after doing after drinking um i only drank one cup mm -hmm. uh I went to a supermarket on the way home and the supermarket was so strange. I've never experienced this <laughs> like thing within me that was like going into a supermarket was so foreign and so non-human that I was walking down the aisles just thinking, what reality is this? Like what are these bright packages? And because ayahuasca was still running through my veins and she was still presenting herself. And she just did not like, she did not like the bright colors and the plastic and all those things. So she's, she's remarkably uh, smart in being able to tell us what's right and what's wrong and what's good for us and what's not. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, is the number one thing is to, yeah, just, just find someone reputable and, and uh, do your study and do your research and, and find that that person that offers that safe space yeah and also like um and maybe it's because different modalities are for different people many plant medicine modalities are for many people i know a lot of people who say like actually i don't feel to even use plant medicine i get this super feeling and the sensation through breath work because also breath work um helps to really release dmt and helps you to feel those like emotion and helps you to even deepening your state into a different consciousness and this is like the beauty of the journey is like your soul knows the way but we need to be able to hear our inner voice we need to be able to actually like release all the outside noise and out all like the external influences in order to pause and in order to be present and in order to really i feel fully understand 
what life is all about. And would you say that anxiety helped you to go on this journey? And if so, what taught you anxiety? Uh, yeah, I think going it alone. And when you have anxiety, you're, you're looking for answers. And I was looking for answers. I just wanted to know why me, why did I have these symptoms? Why did I suffer panic attacks? Um, so, and it's, and it's so crazy because at the time of suffering, I would go through Ted talks on anxiety. I would, it was just every night if I had a panic attack at three o'clock in the morning, I would look up YouTube panic attacks or music to help me get through the panic attack. Um, and I just didn't realize that all it was, it was just, so, it was, just, it was sort of simple. When I look back, it was, it was simple. My nervous system was out of whack. So I, once I, once I started playing around with different things to, I started a plant-based diet. So I knew what am I putting into my body? Is it detrimental or is it, is it good? So I ironed things out with my food got rid of what I didn't need, got rid of processed food, started eating more organic plant-based. So then I knew what was going into my body, uh, plenty of protein, plenty of nuts, um, uh, soy, just those replacements of, of what I was used to if, when I was eating a, a, a meat and fish based diet. I just replaced the same things just with, just through knowledge of finding out the right information and getting the right protein, carbohydrates. Um, and then I knew that what I was putting in wasn't creating my anxiety. So then I just started doing more things like breath work and yin yoga and ice baths just to like really get that parasympathetic nervous system in check. Uh, and then that's once you've got that in check, once you've got the mind, once you've got the nervous system in check, you've got your food, right? You've, you're not, you're drinking decent quality water. You've got a filter on your tap. Uh, you can start working on the mind. So I think you've got to, you've got to get the nervous system in and then you've got to work on the mind. And then once you start working with the mind and letting go of the external, uh, all the external noise and expect expectations placed, uh, we start really, really gathering momentum and really building ourselves up to have this internal uh, faith. I'd call it faith because we're, we're, disre we're disregarding the external faith, uh, whatever we've been indoctrinated with, and we're just building our own faith through direct experiences. So the more experiences, and maybe maybe there was things that I feared, like I definitely feared uh, dabbling within plant medicine. I was always a person that never would do drugs, or and I never, did I never took pharmaceuticals uh, ever in my life. So I didn't want to go down the pharmaceutical route, and I didn't want to go through... Uh, I was hesitant at going through the plant medicine journey, but I did and, and, uh, and it was fine. And I know it's not for every, everyone, but then you've got these other, you've got these other modalities of ice baths, um, sound frequencies is another one, sound bowls, all these things that we can use to get us to a different frequency and, and to, and to work with the parasympathetic nervous system so beautifully put into words, especially like the, the way of the body, the soul, and the ego. And I was wondering in regards, what did you find out when you started to work on your mind? What were those noises or 
outside expectations that were maybe also subconsciously running your show for some years? I, I, I had a lot of trouble surrendering and uh, that's something that I've learned and something that I, I am still working on. Uh, I see things in or perceive things within my reality to make no sense. Uh, things I see on social media, things I see if there's a, there's a news report or something on the TV, I just sometimes get provoked and I'm, and I see through the facade almost like if you use the analogy of, uh, of, um, the wizard of Oz, mm -hmm. like you can hear the voice, but like the, the wizard, the, the voice going over, over the top of, of everything. And then you peel back that curtain or you, you, you see through the veil and it's just someone pulling the strings, uh, and yeah, I feel like anxiety provides uh, a sense of we want to know, we want to know why things are externally. And I think that's the wrong way to approach it. We don't need to know why things are externally. We just have to surrender to them and let them go because they're never, ever going to benefit us in any way, shape or form. We just have to let them go and we have to just return to the, the inner self and just keep having these more positive organic uh experiences maybe some of them aren't won't be positive but we approach them positively and then we after we've had that experience we gauge whether or not we want to repeat the experience or we don't and that's how we build faith and that's how we build momentum and that's how we build our own belief system is by having experiences and maybe grasping experiences like say like ayahuasca or if we do plant medicine or mushrooms or whatever we approach those things those modalities of 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 different types of healing if there is fear associated with them then let's have the experience and if we don't like the experience or it's something that we've we've had to really face then at least we've had the experience to make up our own minds beautiful and it, it all comes back also what you said in, in overall like understanding our mind how it functions understanding our mind that our mind is not our enemy our mind is here to actually like really put in action what our heart truly needs and desires and wants still we have an unhealthy part which is based on fear, irrational fear, beliefs, society standards, um, things that we believe we need in order to fully feel happy or satisfied or safe within us. And then we have the healthy part that develops over, over the time, the more we surrender, like you said, and the more we really build trust and momentum in our own internal world and the question i have what would you advise especially for men because of other question what would you say or what would you advise if you see in the external you have maybe you have advertising maybe you have expectations from from, from your family maybe you have generational trauma that really you know, brings you towards your knees because you believe you want to do different. You want to change something in your, in your internal 
or external world. Maybe you grew up poor, maybe you grew up rich, maybe you just built everything that you ever wanted, but still you feel the density, still you feel not satisfied, you feel unhappy. You're lacking the yin energy, basically. You're lacking something truly within you, what brings you the relief that you subconsciously yearning for. So my question is, do you have any advice for these type of people or these type of men um, particularly that are struggling with the, this type of disharmony within themselves? Yeah, I, I think we were all, uh, we were all conditioned to, um, to search externally for, for solutions. But as I said, there is no solution externally. It's, it's, uh, you've got to go within and you've got to use those, use these practices that we we have to go within and, and, uh, expecting to be expecting money to come our way to improve our lives is totally the opposite of what we need to do. I think if we've got enough money to survive and have experiences, life wants us to experience a vast amount of things. So life, I believe life comes through us and is channeled through us because it wants to, it wants to experience itself through us, through the physical. So the more experiences or more authentic experiences that we can give ourselves, we're also allowing life to experience itself in a diverse way. So if we can always return to that point, and I, 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 have, I don't think it's, there's no problem with wanting to earn money, but I think we want to earn money to give us more experiences, authentic experiences. We don't, I mean, we could want money and say, I want to earn money so I can go on a holiday to Disneyland or I want, and I want that experience, but that Disneyland experiences is just like this momentarily, a momentary thing that isn't really going to teach us anything about ourselves. So let, let's take that 15,000 or $20,000 that we would have flown to Disneyland and had a amazing holiday or whatever. And let's like focus that, that to be to that intention of spending that money or having that money for an experience that really is going to tap us in to ourselves. And if, and if our family's involved, um, same thing with my kids, they're, they're adults now, but the same thing when they were growing up, I used to say, if I, if I was giving them money for a birthday present or for Christmas, I would give them something that they could experience. I wouldn't give them a gift. I wouldn't give them money. I would, I would give them money if I knew that they were going to spend the money on an experience. And, and I think that's how we have to look at it. Even though, even as adults, we have to always say our motivation to earn money or our motivation to have better life, a better life is to have more experiences and have more diverse experiences. And I think society is so good at, at, at making us want a concrete box to live in within a suburb, within the, with the same people. We send us our kids to the same school with the same people that are living within the suburb and there's no diversity and there's no experience. I mean, there are experiences of course, but like true diverse experiences and contrastly different experiences must come uh, more authentically. And I think we can, we can uh, look at life really like that. And, and as we do these more authentic practices, 
And this could be something simple like camping with our family without devices and TVs and all that thing. So we, so we can, and we can really ha- ask our families like those hard questions of like, what makes your soul sing and what makes you happy? And we can really like be present with those around us. And like, that's something that's, that doesn't cost very much money to go camping with your family and like pry each other open with like these kind of tough, tough questions that, that families don't seem to ask each other. It's beautiful to to see life like this when you allow yourself to see every experience as something beneficial for your growth and not to put a label on it because an experience may be bad, maybe right, maybe wrong whatsoever. But when you can really let go of really putting labels on it and putting things, people, whatsoever in boxes, you're able to live a more easier and more happier life because you allow yourself to be instead of do and I feel in our society that's like the shift that we realize and that's maybe also so many people are seeking guidance or seeking nature or tapping into their spiritual praxis because they feel there is something else missing that I need but I just can't really put a label on it I can't really say what it is because it's an experience. You need to experience the heart opening for itself. And you wrote in your book, like you quoted Ram Das, and I find this quote is so beautiful. I'm just quoting it right now. It says, you are love just for being who you are, just for existing. You don't have to do anything to earn it. None of your shortcomings, lack of self-esteem, physical perfection, or social and, and economic success matters. No one can take this love away from you. It will always be here. Why did you chose to to quote this in your book? Because it's it's just so powerful and so true and magic. Yeah, I think Ram Das is he's full of uh, he's full of this these uh, these kind of quotes and uh, Maharaji who. Ram Das learned from you can go down and and then you can you you find stuff about his teaching uh Maharaji's teachings and yeah there's this beautiful structure that's been all lineage that's been passed through uh through these uh these prolific teachers or teachings uh Ram Das is no longer with us but uh I think his his purpose or his being or is to just yeah let let us appreciate the self and let us appreciate uh just being um without this adaptation to uh expectation and these um these ideologies that are that have been thrust upon us through our educational system and through society and everything like that so the general purpose of of us being is yeah is classic uh ram das and those that mm. don't know Ram Das, you could uh, be here now. So yeah, I think just just that little phrase, "be here now," says yeah. it all. And and when we be when we're here now with our in the present moment with ourselves, we can question or we can self inquire. Why do we feel sad? Like sadness is never going to last forever. It's only temporary. Uh, are we fearful now? Why are we fearful? It's only temporary. So self-inquire like why these emotions are why they are and 
the intensity of why they're intense and are they provoked by external noise or external frequency or external vibration of the things that we're trying to tune in, whether these news programs are captivating us, whether social media is captivating our attention and our emotions. And if, if they are, and same goes for our friends, if our friends are captivating us with their dramas of their relationships and dramas of, uh, of why they're not earning enough money and all these things, then we have to uh, disconnect and not in a rude way. I think we can just, we can be openly honest. And I think I have with friends uh, over, over the course of the last probably 10 years of my life, I've, I've shifted a lot towards doing things a little bit more authentically and, but still appreciating going to the pub for a beer. And, but I, I don't, I don't, I, I, I just let go of, uh, I think I've just let go of um, the expectation of to be this certain person within my culture and to be this Australian man that, has a barbecue on a Sunday and gets and gets drunk all the time and which I which which is like which is kind of like I know it, it sounds stupid and sometimes I say to myself is that stupid like why where has this assumption come from but then I do see it within my reality I see my friends and some of my friends and they're like yeah it's 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 a crazy world and as we get older we see the the fallout of of having of putting our trust in this external system and and trusting the culture that will carry us to this place that we're going to be happy one day but but we never actually are we just it's just this like kind of false sense of uh of um provoked uh happiness that that we deem that we're we're heading towards but yeah as the ram das book says be here now and just uh don't worry about the future it's it's we're already we're already in it we're, we're here now and if it's if it's bad it's it's temporary it's temporary if it's good it's temporary and just enjoy the experience yeah and really understand also like that we have the power to create we have the power when we have the reality of suffering or the reality of something is really out of alignment or the reality that every bad thing happens only to us or we can't let go of our patterns whatsoever we create and repeat those patterns over and over again and different outcomes because we still believe it subconsciously that that we are or like not believe it but we are attached to it we are attached to it because we don't really understand how powerful we are also on the on the mental on the mental level and before you said something in regards to feel your feelings and really sit with it and and ask yourself why do i feel fearful right now This is just so powerful, but we never really learned this in our in, in school or we never really like engaged with it through different reasons. Um, but what would you say, what is the power of really surrendering to our emotions and not running away from it, not denying it, not pushing it away, not like, you know, finding other external things that we can project on so we still being stuck in this like cycle of not looking on our own shit so what would you say or like what is here the medicine of really fully being in the here and now with your emotions well that that, that comes back around to faith 
having having gone through your experiences and finding out what works. I mean, every single person is unique. Every person can create differently. Every everybody has a unique piece of this fractal part of life that's channeling differently through us all to give us this individual experience. So all of us are going to find find different things to use to tap into our deeper selves. So I am for me, and this might change, but for me right now, it is yin yoga mm-hmm. and, it is, and it is kundalini practice and breath work. And they're my three things. And I don't need anything else. I can, I can, I can do yin for 75 minutes in a day without a distraction. And I can soak myself into that meditative state while stretching. And while I'm stretching, I can feel tension in my body that is been emotionally stored. I can feel that release. And I also can get a meditation out of those deeper holds. So that's, that kind of gets me my nervous system and my gives me mental clarity. Um, and I love, uh, and breath work and Kundalini, I think they're very, very similar in their function, uh, using breath. And, uh, so it, it depends if I think more Kundalini is more ancient technique and breath work is a twist on that. And it, it gives it, gives the mainstream a little bit more of an insight and, and you can, I mean, you can go anywhere and I mean, you could go on YouTube and, and do breath work, but it is a powerful modality breath work. Uh, there's lots of shifts that come with it. You've got to be gentle on yourself if you're going very, very deep uh, in breath work. But same again, uh, the breath will will regulate the nervous system um, and the mind. So yeah, we're all different. So in as I say in my book, I think I'm not sure how many different practices I have, but there's a lot there. So you just tap it in. Don't don't go crazy. Like you're not gonna need. You wouldn't need the whole book of doing all those things. You could experience them all. They're all wonderful, marvelous experiences some are plant-based some are not uh some of them require ice some of them don't so some of them require you could just log on to youtube and and do a sound healing or you can go to your local yoga center and do a sound healing so find out what's personal to the individual uh because it's going to be unique so just try all the experiences and then just i think uh identify which ones are suitable and which ones you enjoy doing and just make them a practice. Don't do that. You don't have to do them every day, maybe do them every second or third day, but just make them a practice. And and before you know it, you'll be on such a self regulated self uh, derived sense of inner faith that no matter what happens externally, whether it's your uh, whether it's your girlfriend or whether it's your wife, whether it's your kids, whether it's uh, the news networks, they're not going to matter because you're you're regulating yourself. You're really regulating your own emotions. Nobody can make us feel a certain way. Only we can make ourselves feel a certain way. So once that onus is on us to to not be affected externally, we are we we run our own show and it's a beautiful show when, when life can uh, experience itself through this physical experience. Again, 
like while you were talking, I was going through your book and there's like so much wisdom, like your personal story, also like benefits of the different modalities. Also, for example, what worked for you in regards to, um, yeah, like different modalities, also not only modalities, also like, okay, what is like good energy or bad energy? What does energy work? What is like, what does it do? How important is to connect to our body? And why is it so important to connect to our body? And I feel this is like, you are, you are also talking about the masculine approach in our society and why it is so important to really bring back the yin energy, the feminine energy within ourselves and in our society overall because yes we are in in this in this masculine approach of like doing things and putting action and being the provider and really like you know having our mind in order to create certain things and having our mind in order to really put action towards that but what or what is missing when we don't approach and also ask our feminine energy that we all have within us in order to help us because otherwise yeah we we will get anxiety we become depressed or we will feel depressed because depression is not like a like an identity thing but it's a feeling and i believe there's always an underlying message of why we feel certain emotions but it's on us to explore them and in regards to this books and in in regards to your book it's a beautiful exploration about anxiety and your own personal journey and the tools you used and the tools you used in order to release it and in order to feel more balanced. Um, yeah, just wanted to say, just wanted to, to say that everyone, and you, you mentioned that itself, everyone has their own personal journey and everyone has their own inner demons in order to shine light into their own self. But together, and the more we are becoming aware that we are not so different and we think and feel very similar, like society feels and thinks very similar, it becomes like a more clearer way of approaching life in a more healthier way. Yeah, if we can, yeah, exactly. And and I think uh, the way to do that is to just to be able to regulate your own balance uh, and understanding that the soul, it, it, it has such a unique feminine and masculine, uh, has these uh, abilities. So when we can identify when we're stuck too far in one side. And I think Western society pushes us to one side. And when we're operating without, without the feminine, I think within Western society, we're operating mostly within the masculine because we uh, have mortgages to pay. We have kids to pay school fees to pay. Uh, food is expensive. And uh, we just, we're just pushed into that side but in this sort of demanding way uh, uh and i see it like I, I i i can stand back and i can i can see uh the tricks that women that have been used uh, i i identify more i guess 
seeing women get pushed into this masculine state. Uh, I think through different avenues, maybe radio stations, uh, social media, women are told to study, to better themselves, to better themselves, to study more, to better themselves, to do these courses and do, and to, to get these accomplishments, but they never end. There's never a time where it's like, I'm going to, I'm going to put my, my, my masculine abilities into something and learn it. And then I'm going to add my feminine qualities and I'm going to create from this thing that I've learned from, I guess, promote that the society is programmed. But what happens, I think, within the society or within the Western society is that we're so conditioned to, to be, keep trying to better ourselves, to earn more money, that we're just, all, we're just disconnected so far away from the feminine that to, that to come back to this more feminine way, we have to leave the masculine we, we have to leave that deep uh masculine that we've been that we've been pushed into and like come back to center but we have to come back to center we have to live a more simplistic life because if we've got the ex if we've got the huge mortgage if we've got all these expenses if we've got the debt we're sending our children to private school we have no way of coming back to the middle and creating again because we're so busy within the masculine trying to chase more money, trying to chase more uh, acknowledgements and achievements and all these things. So the, the secret to getting that balance back within the Western society and out of the, the masculine is to, is to give away the expectation and to give away this false sense of, of boxes to boxes to tick. Um, and things might shift socially and socially demographically as well within wherever we situate ourselves within Western society, but we have to leave, we have to know that it's not healthy and depression and anxiety stem from being too far in this masculine because there's no creativity, there's no compassion, there's no love, there's no flow, there's no gentleness, there's no, uh, especially if you're a mother and you're living in this, there's no, you've lost your nurturing powers because you're just residing in this, this, this wounded state of masculinity. So as we all sh shift and we become a more simplistic society, and that's why we see, like we see within the society, people moving into tiny homes, people moving into buses and van life. It's because they've realized and people and the society sees these people because they're in the masculine. This they're like, oh, these people are hippies and they're doing this. No, it's, it's totally opposite that they've worked out that there's nothing more to chase. They've had a realization that they're stuck in the masculine. So they need to return to the feminine. They need to give away. They need to have more of a simplistic life and create and community and come together. And like, and I think that's like a, a, a huge um, factor to, uh, to conquering this, uh, this anxiety and, and depression beautiful way to put it thank you so much and last but not least in regards to also like you know maybe we experience certain things or behaviors also in our families or in our friendships for example in our inner circle we see certain things maybe so clearly maybe we, we see certain things so clearly for example oh he she 
is so trapped in this mental mindset of still like approaching life in regards to expectations of society or like running after certain achievements or running after after external events or external things because the feminine approach like really going deeper into our heart space and really finding our own truth and our own way of living our own identity and not put like a different identity or like an expectation on top of ourselves. How would you, what, what advice would you give when you see a very dear person of your heart, your loved one or your family and you're doing breathwork, for example, we were talking about it like two days ago, you're doing breathwork and they still look at you like you're from space or like they just don't really align or feel certain things that are so obviously to you? How would you say we can help them? Or what can we do in order to maybe also have an impact on their journey or on our own journey? The, I don't know where I, where I had this, um, where I came to this conclusion, but and especially being a father to, to kids, um, we've got a bit, we can't, I don't think we can, we can stand, stand on our soapboxes and proclaim uh, that we're enlightened or we're this um, spiritual being and we have all the knowledge and everything because we've been doing the work and we've been do doing these different or having these different experiences. But as we become these impressions of what we truly know and understand from that heart space and from compassion and being sensitive and being good listeners and being and, and of course there'll be times where we're not but if we can always come back to this center central point of creativity compassion love sensitivity of being a good listener automatically people will say oh so-and-so he he's so calm and he's so collective and uh he does things gently and he's compassionate and he did this. And those people will eventually see us tapping into a deeper sense of ourselves. And they will, they might not ever question it, but there might be a time in their life where they're emotionally uh, affected by something, whether it's a breakup in a relationship, uh, whether it's a death in the family, whatever it is. And they'll, they'll want, they'll want to know what we do to, self-regulate and and to calm ourselves down and to be able to function smoothly and gently through our lives and if we are an impression of everything that we do from that hard space people are just going to be drawn to that no matter who they are because uh it's 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 energy everything is energy and people will be drawn to the energetics of of calmness collectiveness compassion and love yes and overall everything is always about you it's always about our own growth it's always about our own acceptance and it's just like a story that just pops into my mind when i started like to become vegan i was i was vegan for some time and um of course like the more you also go deeper into yourself the bigger your spiritual ego also gets so it's always like this balance and finding of kind of like, okay, what's the balance here? Because 
again, you are able to to easily put people into boxes because like, okay, all of a sudden you have the realization, oh my God, like I need to eat vegan because you're killing animals. What are you doing? To, what are you going to do? You're killing animals, for example, like that was my case. And then I was judging other people in order because they were still eating meat, including the husband of my my mom. And I was like, hey, why you don't want to, like I cook something vegan. He was like, like he's in his seventies and he was like, I don't eat this shit. Like, what is that? That's not even like nutrition. It's like, I can't eat it. And I was so angry within myself. I was like, he's so ignorant. Like, I can't believe that he like, don't want to even taste my food. And the more I understood, hey, he actually gives you the biggest gift ever because he points out the shit that you actually need to deal with because it's still your own judgment. It's still your own ignorance of, let people where they are, let people where they are and don't believe that you know it better only because it's right now your journey to be vegan, you know, and I, I'm not, I'm not vegan anymore. So, but it was definitely a very interesting point on my journey to realize, oh, okay. Yeah. I understand that every person, wherever they are, wherever I am, they're just pointing me the way to even go deeper into my own compassion, into <laughs> even into my own self-love and acceptance and, and I think this is like also like something I wanted to touch base because overall, yes, we are all on this journey together and we are helping each other to grow, but we still have our unique journey. And maybe it's for you to let go of judgment. Maybe it's for you to, to empathize more with people or like to go deeper into your, to, to your acceptance and self-love um, and just noticing other people's other people's energies that help you to to see your own self better i feel yeah and 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 yeah we can get so drawn into that into that whether it's within our nature of wanting to to change other people or i i think the society it, we learn that from society from education and we always whether it's a uh, uh, monogamous conditioned relationship uh we always exteriorly want to control another person their feelings their emotions uh whether it's uh a job that we uh, a career where we've got upper management or whatever i think society does it so well it's always like we have to answer to somebody else or um whether that's a partner or uh whether it's this, just the system in general, we're, we're so intent on being able to like project ourselves and want to change people and everything. And I was the same. I think, uh, I was always like, can't people see it? Like why are people eating animals and why is this like this? And why is there factory farming? And, but it's just, a, it's just, it feels like more of a ploy. It's like all these things that are really, once again, once we go inside and we, we tap into our compassion and love and all that stuff, things happening externally that are out of our control, we want to interject and we want to fight against those, those things where they're not our fight. And people say, oh, don't you care? You should be an activist. I totally care. And I, and I totally have compassion for those actions of others, but they're not my actions. I can only... Mm -hmm come back to that impression of who I am and and why life is channeling through me in the ways that it is and and why I'm having this individual experience and letting go of 
of these and surrendering to what's externally and what's provoking me if i'm provoked by um somebody saying vegans are unhealthy and they look white and all these things why do i care i know that doesn't represent me i can just return to my inner self and compassion and and not think about it but i think that's what we've done within the society is like it's like everybody has to be this person that has to see things from their from a everyone's everyone wants to see things from their own perspective and they want the world to be from look like their own uh, own perception of how things should look and that's dangerous i think we want to be able to teach our children uh, that we're diversified and we we have this diversity and different connections and and, and different and so people can see this this impression of us is diversified across all different things all different capabilities of of what what we actually are um what what we are living uh but yeah i think the worst thing that we can do is is disrupt ourselves and um and put energy towards things externally that yeah we care about them and we're compassionate about them but we we shouldn't interject we should just become the impression yeah observe don't absorb that's basically it <laughs> <laughs> yeah i have i have one last question for you because this is a question that so many times pops up in um in conversations it's judgment and it's it's like judgment for ourselves, the fear of being judged, uh, expectations from society, and also perfectionism. Um, really, like two big things that are not really helping us to surrender or not really helping us to really let go of this identity of I need to look a certain way or I need to be a certain way in order to, to really fully be accepted what would you say also in your personal journey helped you to release judgment towards others towards yourself and also the need to perform i guess i can only speak from my uh my experiences but uh i never really it might just be my personality or or whatever 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 it, whatever it is um i feel so strong within myself and i think it all it's just it keeps coming back to that self-derived faith mm -hmm. because yeah once again if we have built a, a belief system through education through the society through the western culture what our parents think uh we are always going to if if we're always if, if that if that belief system is is derived through those things it's always going to be searching externally for validation for acceptance because we want people to like us we want our friends to like us we want to be we want to fit within those social settings we want our families to like us we don't want to fight with our families but um we have to give it away it's there's no benefit to it there's no there's just no there's just no benefit to you defeating anxiety defeating depression and and there's no 
there's no benefit to you building a strong foundation of who you actually are when we when we live with this life of these installed beliefs um we have to that's part of the process and that's part of the work we have to dissolve them they'd serve they don't serve us uh, they don't serve our happiness maybe they serve momentarily happiness and validity but in the long run they're going to come back to bite us in the ass sooner or later so <laughs> did you, to say yeah like we've got to we've got to get rid of them and return to the self do the practices explained in the book identify with the soul identify with the self if you want to go deeper look at different modalities meditate for longer do med- uh, breath work for longer do kundalini identify with the self figure out who it really is in is behind the mind what it is what what this life is what this force is and people might call it source or they might call it the universe or they might call it god they might call it nature everybody has a different interpretation but but we mustn't attach to that interpretation it's just an interpretation of what's coming through you can put whatever notion you want on it but it is just something consciousness whatever you want to call it coming through us and then to to regulate that just come back to the self come back to love compassion sensitivity and and then that channel is open it's like it's it's going to be open for the rest of our lives and as as it's open and we experience more and more we just develop our own sense of faith and whatever happens externally it's not going to matter like it's it's nothing can control that inner faith because it's so established and grounded and and balanced that because we're doing all the practices and we're doing all the things that nothing can shake us it's 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 uh we're 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 complete in the sense that we're just letting life come through us and and we're we're here right now Thank you. That was a very beautiful end and a very amazing reminder that we find only stability within ourselves and not in the external. And all the modalities and everything and even more that we touched base on today's episode, you can find in Matt's book, Anxiety Out in the Open. And it's on Amazon, right? You can on, order it on Amazon. Yeah. Not the hard copy. If you want a hard copy, you can get at. Uh, I've got. A, I've, I guess we could put my sister's. My sister's got a little uh, recycled um, clothing store cafe in Australia. Cool. She's got a fair. She's got a fair few copies there, so I guess she could put one in the post and ship out. But unless unless uh, the other option is to just have it on uh, Amazon, it's I think it's nineteen dollars, uh, and I think I get about seven dollars of that. <laughs> <laughs> Service to others. That's also a way of becoming free. <laughs> I know. I I I honestly don't. As long as it's as long as it's out there and it's and it's helping people and it also is a good reminder sometimes I'll flick through it I'm like oh my god sometimes I need to listen to my own advice but uh, I think if you bought it if you bought it from Amazon you can uh, download the Kindle thing on your phone for free through that Amazon uh, I had a friend buy it just to sort of test it out when I first released it she was like oh you need Kindle 
and then through the buying process and she's like no i don't i can just download kindle on my phone and it was free through amazon blah 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 so yeah you don't need you don't need an actual kindle to read it you can just read it on your phone beautiful beautiful thank you so much i will put the links in the description box and before we close our our session today i wanted to say thank you so much for having this episode with me very spontaneous it was very spontaneous and just out of like a conversation we had like two days ago um we were just like rumbling around like about life and <laughs> just yeah realizing hey we can actually let, let's do a podcast episode about it because these are actually like themes that are very important and, and really dear to to both of our hearts so i really wanted to emphasize this and thank you so much that you took your time to be here today you're welcome and uh thank you for thank you for having me on it's it's been nice and uh, yeah i always always love talking about this sort of stuff and and um i think it does take like it does i don't know if you have to really get in the mood for it but it's it's uh once you sit down and you become centered and in the present moment it, it kind of even the even this it just something's bringing it up you know what i mean like something's channeling this advice i feel like as i'm sitting here the words are coming out but it's i'm definitely feel like i'm tapped into something and something's uh professing this uh this this what 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 we're talking about here yeah so hopefully hopefully somebody can take something or a section from it or a piece from it and it helps them in some way shape or form yeah because you are becoming the instrument and then the great power can come through you and and that's the reason why sometimes advice or really when it comes from our heart we need to sit down we need to have those type of conversation and talk about life and have heart and heart conversations and yes sometimes a podcast episode is one and a half hours or whatsoever but it's because it's so deeply touched because we need to also move through different kind through different types of levels and and veils to unfold you know the beauty that is waiting and underneath everything. So, and that's what I experienced in today's episode and talking with you. And I'm pretty sure it won't be the last time that you're here. Yeah, I'd love to have another chat. <laughs> okay, thank you so much. And I'm sure we will see each other soon. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. And uh, thank you for everyone that uh, listens to Arabella's podcast it's uh it's been it's been a nice uh what is it it's a wednesday afternoon i don't even know what day it is <laughs> <laughs> yeah we need to maybe we can have like another coffee right now to bring bring us up again into into this world <laughs> I, definitely, i definitely need some sort of food i'm so hungry <laughs> okay thank you so much and talk to you soon <laughs> cheers bye Thank you for listening to today's episode on Masculinity Now with Arabella Tornau. And thank you for your interest in your heart. If you like this podcast, please like, share and subscribe so more people who can benefit from it can be reached. Take care and we hear us soon. <laughs>